The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. One sentence summary. The 48 Laws of Power draws on many of history's most famous power quarrels to show you what power looks like, how you can get it, what to do to defend yourself against the power of others, and, most importantly, how to use it well and keep it. My favorite quote from the author is, Powerful people impress and intimidate by saying less. The more you say, the more likely you are to say something foolish. Robert Greene Even though Mastery by Robert Greene is a great book, it wasn't what put him on the map. This one was. Published in 1998 after taking a big risk due to quitting his former job, which he hated, the book became a bestseller and has now sold over a million copies. It's especially popular with rappers and hip-hop artists, but many celebrities quote from the book and mention the law's influence on their life. 50 Cent being one of them, with whom Green ended up collaborating on another book, called The 50th Law. Most of the 48 laws draw on a specific situation from history, and even though some of them seem to contradict one another, there's a precious lesson to be learned from every single one. Here are three lessons about power to help you understand it better. 1. Always make superiors look smarter than you. 2. Confuse competitors by acting unpredictably. 3. Don't force others to do what you want, seduce them instead. Want to discover where Kanye gets his power? Let's study the actual laws of the world. The 48 Laws of Power Lesson 1 Always make superiors look smarter than you. This answers the question, what is the best way to move through the ranks of a corporation? Here's one surefire way how to not get promoted. When your boss comes across a problem she can't solve on her computer, go to her and as you fix it say, see, that's how you do it. No problem, I'm happy to help. The one thing people in a position of power don't want is to look powerless. But when you flaunt your skills right in front of them, that's exactly what happens. The French Minister of Finance under King Louis XIV, Nicolas Fouquet, paid for that lesson with a life in prison. When he threw an excessive party at his chateau in favor of the king, the king accused him of stealing, for no one man could legally be that wealthy, and threw him into prison. So instead of showing off how good you are, make your boss look like she's the smartest person in the room, even if you know she isn't. Give away credit and you'll be given responsibility in return. For example, when Galileo Galilei discovered the four moons of Jupiter, he could have taken all that credit. Instead, he named them after the Grand Duke, Cosimo il de' Medici, and his brothers. As a result, Cosimo appointed him as his official philosopher and mathematician, securing Galileo's funding for his research for years to come. The 48 Laws of Power, Lesson 2. Make errors on purpose to confuse your competition. This answers the question, how can you get rid of competitors? Sometimes the competition seems to always be one step ahead of you. That's likely because they've invested time and energy into researching you and finding out your behavior patterns. When that happens, your best move is to act unpredictably. Do the opposite of what you think people expect. Make a mistake on purpose or just disappear for a while. Erroneous behavior throws people off their analysis game. And while they're busy trying to figure out your new pattern and explaining your behavior, you have the chance to strike back. This is one of the first lessons good poker players learn. If you only play hands when you've hit at least a pair or above, the other players will quickly be on you, onto you and fold every time you bet. 
but throw in a bluff or two which you commit to and ride out even if you end up losing those hands and your opponents can't be so sure anymore. Bobby Fischer used this exact strategy to confuse Boris Spassky in their match for the 1972 World Championship title in chess. He made a beginner's mistake in their first game, didn't even show up for the second one and lose by forfeit and returned only minutes before the third game started. Then he started making crazy demands like moving cameras, switching rooms and exchanging chairs. Finally, he played openings completely atypical to his usual chess style and eventually beat Spassky to become world champion. By the way, a great movie about this incident in particular with Bobby Fischer and Boris Spassky is Pawn Sacrifice, starring Toby Maguire, about the 1972 Chess World Championship. The 48 Laws of Power, Lesson 3. Seduce others into voluntarily doing what you want them to, instead of forcing them. This answers the question, how can I get people to do what I want them to do? Even when you're in a position of power already, people won't always do what you want them to. When that's the case, you should never resort to trying to force people to obey. Instead, make it impossible for them not to do what you'd like them to do, by seducing them. Chu Kou Liang, head military strategist for ancient China, used this to break his enemy King Meng Hu. Rather than destroying their entire army when they attacked China, he captured them all and then served King Meng Hu great wine and food. His soldiers saw this generosity and after Liang was sure he had baffled them, he released them, but kept King Meng Hu hostage. Only after threatening that he'd have to bow to the Chinese king if he was captured again, did he release the enemy. Over the years, Liang did capture Meng Hu time and time again, each time making the same threat, yet always releasing his prisoner. After the seventh time, Meng Hu surrendered, bowed to the king and gave up on his own accord. Raw force only breeds resentment, so use seduction instead. My personal takeaways from the 48 Laws of Power for 2017. Okay, couple add-ons as usual. So first of all, I'm a prototype Mr. Nice Guy, right? So I come from, I actually come from the the negative end of the spectrum where you try to please people way too much, right? Where you try to make everyone happy all the time. And I realize that's not a good mode to be in because it costs so much time and energy and it's stressful and it makes you unhappy and blah, 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 blah. So I've had to reduce that capacity which I've done quite successfully in the past years. Um, uh, but then again, this book is sort of anti-Mr. Nice Guy, right? And it's not all anti-Mr. Nice Guy. I mean, the laws uh, in themselves, sometimes they contradict one another, but there are specific situations where each of them works, right? So what you could do is you could go through the book and pick out the laws that resonate with you and you think, well, that's a good fit for me, like that makes sense for me or I need to work on that, maybe I should include this law or, or consider this law more, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then again, you can use these laws in specific situations, right? So when you're stuck with a problem, like at work, like you have a boss that just doesn't give credit or... Um, you have a boss that just doesn't know how to do things or yeah you're facing an enemy or a competitor or something like that you could go through the book flip through it or make notes or make a bullet list of the laws what they're about and then use specific laws in specific situations i think that way you would do best because you're gonna have to contradict yourself if you get really the most out of all these laws so 
That said, um, making superiors look smarter than you, James Altucher calls this being the source, be like Google. So always point people to where they can get the best result. Um, whether that's for work, where you would recommend your competitors as an agency, for example, or whether that's at work, where you would recommend, oh, you know what, boss, you should you should give John this task because John is the most capable person here to do that. Things like that, right? Because people appreciate the honesty People appreciate that you really care about them getting the best result they deserve. And people, of course, care about getting credit. And so do you. But actually, if you give it up, um, it will come back to you. And I think this example of uh, Galileo Galilei was actually a pretty good one. Um, the thing is, so what I did at um, uh, BMW M, so I did, this, uh, I did this somewhat voluntarily, somewhat not, because... Uh, for one guy, I did a lot of his work, right? And because he was away a lot and everything, so I organized a couple of workshops, did a couple of things. And in the end, he was the one that was on top of the name list, right? So he, he got most of the credit. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is like for, I'm doing this for um, for him. Well, like that's my, uh, uh, like that's my, I'm playing a small part here and so on. And so as a result, he would always give me more workshops to organize, right? Which was a cool task. Yes, it's, of course, tough sometimes to deal with this, like, oh, my God, I didn't get credit. Um, sometimes it sucks. But as you can see, like, it pays off because the people who realize you carry them on your shoulders with your skills uh, and they, they get some credit splash from you, even if it's not all the credit, um, they will try to keep you around and thus they will make sure that you're well taken care of. And in Galileo's case he got funding right so that might mean you might get the corner office you want or something like that right because whoever needs you they depend on you so they want to keep you around i think that's more of a temporary strategy eventually you're going to have to figure out something else to really move up the chain um, but i think if you give away credit generously if you're the source all the time uh, then that will happen naturally anyway right because at some point someone who really has like power and integrity will notice and will put you where you belong the second one I love, making errors on purpose. It's not like we have a lot of direct competition, right? Like there's enough for everyone usually. Um, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. But sometimes something some, something very direct comes in at you in form of a hit. Or, and even if you're just considering this law in the case of or in the context of sports and competitions, um, it's super helpful. Confusing people on purpose. Like what is he up to now? Like what does she do? Like I don't understand her move here. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and again, I highly recommend the movie Pawn Sacrifice. I spent so much time on that movie, not just watching it, but like analyzing it. And I've written a lesson for my time to read email course all about this uh, event and so on. It's super fascinating. Great movie and greatly highlights this uh, confusing your competition with uh, errors. I really like that. Like making mistakes on purpose. Uh, that's a very cool tendency. And lastly, seducing others into voluntarily doing what you want them to. Um, I mean, I think the ideal version of getting someone to do something is to inspire them to want them to do it themselves because they see the meaning or the sense in it. Um, because obviously, ideally, you only want to inspire people to do things that they really should do, right? Like because they're helpful, they will help them move forward as well. Um but then again, this can work, right? I mean, uh, Chukro Lang worked it in his favor in war even. So he got his competitor to do what he wanted. 
And I think, th and this is like, like the funny part, right? These are laws about power, uh, laws about power struggles. And uh, the strategy to get power is to actually sort of give it away, right? He was super generous. He played the host. He gave his enemy great food. He released his enemy. He was forgiving. And like all these qualities you usually wouldn't expect or all these qualities we usually associate with losing power are actually gaining gaining power. Um, I don't remember the book. I think Brene Brown talks about this concept a lot. She talks about being vulnerable, which is sort of similar, but just like power, there is a lot of power in powerlessness, right? Um, I think it might be give and take Adam Grant's book. Not, not exactly sure, but when you just admit to the fact sometimes that you have no power or that you don't really know how to use it or yeah, that you feel powerless, that's actually one of the most powerful things you can do sometimes because usually what you'll find people will be nice they will try to help you they will step in and um in the case of china uh, ancient china you see Meng Hu some at some point surrendered just because psychologically he couldn't take it anymore so he's like okay f sh i give up um awesome so super fascinating book uh robert green super uh, invested in history he knows his history stuff researches that a lot for all his books so um recommend the guy uh, again hip-hop artists rappers they love this book uh, there's a whole culture around it um really cool out of the box read highly recommended and i hope to hear you on the next summary <laughs>